So this week, I was um, working for the town of Valier, and I needed to take some tickets down to the courthouse. And so I went into what is the temporary courthouse, and as I walked in, I encountered two deputies that I had never encountered before. And the moment I walked in, one of them says, Never fear, Valier is here. And the whole point was to basically say, what kind of a joker works for the town of Valier? You must really be pathetic if you've got to work for a place like Valier. And immediately I said, you two want to step outside and see who comes? No, I didn't say that, but <laughs> I wanted to say that. And afterwards, I remember walking out, and I'm getting in my car, and I'm like, really, Lord? This is what you've got me doing. And I thought about some of, I've shared this with you before, but I thought about, you know, in my early 20s, my plan, okay, was to go into law enforcement. And I was offered a job with the Dallas Police Department at that time. And I had a connection to the Texas Rangers. And I thought, Lord, if I had followed that path, that's where I'd be right now. And I'd get some respect when I walked into a building. But here I am. Why, Lord, why? And the Lord began to remind me why is because all of us have this thing called flesh and when our flesh feels strong what we tend to do is not rely upon the Lord and the Lord began to remind me of what my life would look like if I was in a place where I was not leaning into him if I felt strong in myself and I began to follow that path I've shared this before, but I doubt highly that I would have the family that I have. I think that I would have lost that because I know my flesh, and I know my flesh would have destroyed me. And this morning, I want to look into the book of Corinthians, because in that book, Paul talks about some of the very things that I'm talking about here. You know, we look at Paul and we revere him. We look at his faith. And we say, wow, I, I want to be like that. Uh, I want to walk like that. But I want to share with you this morning that that was not the case when Paul was living. Paul actually had a lot of critics. And Paul had people that were coming into the churches that he had planted and saying, ha, Paul, he's so weak. Hey, you don't want to follow Paul. You want to follow someone like me who's strong. I mean, don't you want to be strong? Don't you want to have wealth and admiration? Well, if you want to have those things, you should follow me. And then in one of the letters to Corinthians that we're going to read this morning, we see some of Paul's response to that. Because this is a real uh, temptation for us. I don't think there's any of us that don't want to be strong, that we don't want to be seen as strong. I mean, when you look at our culture right now, strength is worshipped. I mean, those are the things that make headlines. I mean, people want to be strong, people want to be seen as strong, and people want to know how to get strength. I mean, as Daniel was talking about before, and you know, Heather not letting out a wimp. I mean, that's the stuff we want to hear about. We're like, yeah, I want to be strong like that. But instead, what we are shown is we are shown the path of Jesus that was also talked about. 
And the path where Jesus goes to the cross and instead of you know, lifting His finger and wiping everybody out, instead He doesn't say a word. And instead, Jesus is mocked as well. Jesus is mocked and said, hey, you know, I mean, they were worshiping in a mocking way. And they were basically saying, we're going to take your life and there's nothing you could do about it. And the reality is he could do something about it, but he chose a different path. And the thing is this, it's the path that the Lord calls us all to if we're going to follow him. And this morning, as we look into Corinthians, what we're going to find is Paul's going to share the reason for that. And it goes back to the flesh that I was talking about. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to read um, the first 10 verses there this morning. And just before this, in chapter 11, this is where Paul is talking about some of those false apostles that were coming in and, you know, really impressing people and drawing people away from the Jesus that Paul had shared with them. And then Paul is beginning to talk about the experiences that the Lord has led him through, and he continues that in the chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, which says this, it says, This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside of my body. But I don't know that I was caught up to the paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. Paul was allowed to experience some of these things because Paul was allowed to experience the greatness of God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you have tasted some of that. God's allowed you to experience some powerful things in the Lord. And when you taste that, you want more and more and more of it. But if you've been following the Lord very long, you also have experienced some weakness and some trials along the way. And as you're experiencing some of those things, it's easy for you to go, God, what's this about? Did I get off track somehow? Why are you taking me through these things? I tasted this over here and I want more of that. And you've got plenty of teachers out there that are saying, oh yeah, you can have more of that. Oh, you can have all that. Oh, only that. You don't have to go through this other stuff. But Paul has a different message. Listen to what Paul shares after he shares some of the things that the Lord allowed him to experience. In verse 5 it says, that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weakness. Now, <laughs> you know, I've read that for a long time and I thought, whatever, Paul, that's ridiculous. Nobody actually wants to boast about their weakness. But I really think that the Lord is getting me to a point where I'm really seeing how important this is. And I want to share that in a little bit, but first, let's read on. He says, if I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it. 
Because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time He said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in weakness and in insults, hardships, persecution, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now I shared a few weeks back how I had been reading through some of the Old Testament kings and it was really scaring me because I saw a number of them that early on in their reign, they really looked to the Lord and they saw God move in their kingdom powerfully. But I mean, over and over I saw this. At the end of their reign, they would begin to become self-sufficient and they would stop looking to the Lord and they would suffer for it and the people would suffer for it. And as I began to look at that, it really brought fear into me because I've been walking with the Lord for a while now. And as I've been walking with the Lord and experienced some different things, um, I, 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 I feel a, a temptation to become more and more self-sufficient. And so as I was looking at that, I was, I was just asking the Lord, Lord, I don't want to become that. How do I keep from becoming that? And one of the things that the Lord is showing me is, is this. This is it. He keeps us from becoming that by allowing weakness and trials into our life. It is a grace of God that He will give you weakness and trials. Think about this. Think about King David, for instance. You look at King David, and King David, early on, he was leaning into the Lord. He had Saul chasing him, okay? He's having to live out in the middle of nowhere, but through it all, he's leaning into the Lord. Even when he has a chance to take Saul's life, he's not doing it. He's leaning into the Lord. But what do we see after that? Eventually, the kingdom is his. And as the kingdom is his, he goes out and he conquers enemy after enemy after enemy after enemy. His fame's growing. And before long, he is feeling strong. What happens when he reaches that point that he's feeling strong? Well, at that point, sin enters in, right? Sin enters in, and not only sin, but then he kills the innocent to cover his sin. But what happens after that? Here's what I want you to grab a hold of. After that, the Lord brings a curse into his life. That's what we read. We read that from that point on, the sin that he committed in secret was going to be committed in the open in his family, and it was going to continue on as long as he lived. And you read that and you're like, oh, that's awful. But I want you to hear this. 
In part, that was a grace of the Lord. Because what happened from that point is that you see David, even though he's going through trials and weaknesses, you see David leaning into the Lord. And because of that, he finished well. He finished well and he leaned into the Lord. Now, look at his son after that. Once again, son early on, he feels overwhelmed with what's in front of him. He's turning to the Lord saying, Lord, if you don't do this, I'm going to fail. I need you. And he experiences these great things from the Lord just like Paul did. All right, He hears from the Lord and everything's going great for a time. But then what happens? Blessing and blessing and blessing. And eventually he begins to become self-reliant and he begins to forget about the Lord. And so he goes off and these other wives that he had pull him in to worshiping other gods. And so he goes into all kinds of crazy things like child sacrifice and so on. How did that happen? Well, the key component is he became self-sufficient. So when we read this and we read Paul saying, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses, this is real. How could Paul boast in his weaknesses? Because of this. He understood the danger of what would happen if he did not have trials and weaknesses. The danger is, is that the things that he had experienced would go to his head, he would feel strong in himself, and he would stop looking to the Lord. You see, I think the reality is, is that most of us do not take the threat of our flesh as seriously as we should. We think, oh, I'm a pretty good person. You know, if I have to, you know, make a choice between right and wrong, I'm going to choose right. Well, let me tell you something. Here's what I found out about myself. Without the Lord, I choose wrong. That's where I often go to. Every now and then I'll choose right, and then I'll share that with people. But without the Lord, I find I choose wrong. That is my flesh. And even after all that I've experienced in the Lord, sadly enough, without leaning into Him, without His Spirit working through me, I will choose wrong. Because that is the power of my flesh. And so, how could Paul seriously boast in weaknesses? Paul understood this. You know, we look at Paul and we think, oh, you know, a guy like Paul couldn't fail. Well, you know what? That's not what Paul thought. Because when you read what he wrote, he said at the end of his life, he said that he feared after preaching the truth and after seeing many people saved, he feared being disqualified himself. Why would he say that? Because he knew the power of the flesh. This is part of God's plan. It's part of the way that God works. You and I are able to be saved. You and I are able to be set free from the flesh in the sense that we don't have to follow the flesh. We don't have to follow the kingdom of darkness. We no longer have to do that if you have received Jesus. You have been set free from that. However, your flesh is not dead until you meet Jesus face to face. Your flesh is still there, okay? 
And so, what God is saying is that the way that you overcome it is to lean into Him. Well, my tendency is, when I'm weak and I don't have a choice, that's when I lean into Him. When I feel strong, and I feel like, you know, I can do something on my own, what my tendency is, is just to go do it on my own, right? I don't want to bother God. He's got a lot of other people to be concerned about. He's got a lot of, a lot of other things to do. He's trying to run a universe, you know? I can take care of this myself. Me do it myself. That's where we go to. And so God in His grace, what does He do? He allows weaknesses and trials to come into our life. Right now, um, in some of my personal reading, I've been reading through the book of Job. You know, you, and you read through that and, and you see Job, a blameless man, the scripture declares. And yet God allowed severe trial to come into his life. He allowed him to feel severe weakness. And all his friends are saying, boy, you must really be a sinner. No, that wasn't the case at all. But what was God doing? God was actually giving Job a grace because what God was doing was it was giving Job the reason to lean into God even more. Because what we see come out of Job's heart after he goes through all these struggles is he wants to argue with God. God, this is unjust. God, this is not right. And God allows these things to come in his life so that that can be brought out, so that it can be dealt with. And then what happens? God blesses him. God blesses him because he loves him. Right now, in your life, you are no doubt going through some trials. And if you are like me, maybe you don't want to talk to him to everybody, okay? You don't want to be the whiner who's always whining, right? But when nobody's around and it's just you, you're thinking... God, why? Why can't it be like this? Why can't it be like this over here? Maybe you start like me and you start thinking about some past decisions. You know, I chose you here, Lord, but I'm starting to think maybe I should have chose this way. And you start thinking, God, why is this happening? I want you to hear this. Not that God causes every bad thing to come in your life. That's not what I'm saying. But hear this. God allows trials in your life because He loves you. Because He loves you. Listen to what He said. In verse 9, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Now, why would God's power work best in weakness? Because when I am weak, I am not trying to mix in my strength, which is no strength at all, into God's strength. You see, it's God's pure strength. That's all we need. When Jesus was on the cross, He didn't need to do anything. He simply allowed Himself to fall completely into the power of the Father. And what happened? The Father raised Him from the dead. So you don't need to work your strength in with God's strength. God's strength is all that you need. 
And so what God is asking you to do is simply to fall into His presence and allow His strength to work through you. If you feel the pressure of the world telling you to stir some strength up, that's baloney. The world doesn't know true strength. What the world knows is a false strength that comes from the enemy. And it's going to fall to the Lord. It's not real strength. It's not really going to deliver you. The only thing that can really deliver you is the power of the Lord. And I know that right now, you know, we, sometimes we want some of that false strength because the world reacts to it. The world's like, oh, you know, look at you. Oh, you know, you work for them. Oh, wow. Oh, you go to that oh powerful church over there. Oh, you're a part of that. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, your last name is what? Oh, wow. I've heard about some of them. That's really impressive. Oh, your friends are who? Oh, you met who last year? Oh, wow. That's impressive. I mean, seriously, we all want some. And you know what? None of that is going to deliver you. None of it. Every person that has ever lived will die. And we all will face the Lord. And when we face the Lord, the Lord has made it clear, the only thing that will deliver us, the only thing that will save us, is did you surrender yourself to Jesus? Did you surrender yourself to Jesus? And if so, He will raise you to life. But the temptation that we face is from now until then. Are we going to try to live in our own strength? Are we going to try to, to, to be people who impress others in this world? Or are we going to choose the path of Paul? Because Paul didn't enter into competition with the false apostles. That's not what he did. Instead, he said, No, I'm not like them. I am weak. The only thing I have is the strength of the Lord and I am going to rely on that because he knew that that is what they needed. You don't have anything that others around you need. There's nothing that you can give them. The only thing that you can really give is the Lord. That's it. And that is what the Lord is asking us to reflect, to give, to tell and to share what God has done in our life. For those of you who were here last week and, and heard the testimony, you heard the testimony of someone who could do absolutely nothing for themselves. And did they deserve anything? Like us? Like all of us? No. But God was good, and God showed love. Why? Because that's who He is. And that's what God has called us to reflect to others. So glory in the fact that you don't have it all together. Glory in the fact that you have some trials in your life. Glory in the fact that everything in your life isn't in a nice neat row and people aren't looking at you going, wow, that's so impressive. How can I be like that? But then take that and say, let me tell you where my joy is. Let me tell you where my hope is. Let me tell you where my power and strength is like I have never experienced anywhere else. It's in the Lord. That's how we love people. You know, I want to end with this. When you go back to those kings and so on, 
Think about when you encounter a person who thinks highly of themselves, who thinks that they're strong and so on. I mean, even though when you encounter them, maybe at first you're impressed, how many of those people do you want to continue to be around? For me, I don't want to be around that person. When I'm feeling, you know, all about myself, you probably don't want to be around me. Why? Because what happens is we begin to think of ourselves, And all of a sudden, everything is about us. And we become incapable of really loving other people around us. You want to find someone who will really love you? Find someone who isn't impressed with themselves. That is the person who's able to love. That's who Jesus was, even though he was the Son of God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you are going to inherit the world. But don't be impressed with yourself. Instead, share with others what you've been given. Lord, thank you um, that you chose to love us, everyone here. Lord, thank you that you love us enough to allow trials so that we will look to you so that your strength can flow through us and not the false strength that we try to raise up within ourselves. Lord, I pray if there's one here that doesn't know that strength, Lord, I pray that they would not leave without discovering that strength. Lord, for those of us who know your strength, may we use it to truly love others around us and not just try to uh, arrange everything to our benefit, but instead, Lord, to look for what we can do in the life of others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.